Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 175 of the Pika Smiley Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson. And joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, this week, we got, well, more Mistweaver changes, uh, as well as some BlizzCon news and more raid testing, and also an extra raid buff to think about for next year. Yes, raid buffs are back. Well, they've they've been back, but now there's even more of them. <laughs> I know, I love it. I love that we're just getting more and more and more. So, um, but yeah, before we get into all that, how is your uh, how is your raid week? Uh, raid week was was good actually. Um, it took a little bit longer. I think we I think we were in like a three ish hour clear this week. Um, so um, wasn't the uh wasn't the quickest, but no, we got through everything. Um, had a had our new healer trial come in. Um, for most of that, which was fun. Um, quick Nelth, and we had three wipes to Sark, so quick ish, quick ish Sark progression. So yeah, no, it was um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. So um, it was nice, easy raid week. Got another Rashox, which was fun. Um, saw I think our final uh monk class trinket, whatever that one's called. Before no, I get one, it's called a whatever. They- yeah. The Nels call. Um, so I went to our warlock. So hopefully I get the next one, which would be really dope. Um, but yeah, no, then that was a was a nice easy raid week. It was pretty chill, um, and just sort of uh, got through it all. It was too, super uneventful. I'll say nice. <laughs> and nice. all things considered. So uh, uh, how was how was yours? How was yours? Uh, the opposite. Oh, okay, not good. All right. Yeah. So we uh, took like an hour and a half to kill Deltharian. And then two hours to kill Sarkareth. And I went and, you know, one shot a couple of other bosses just because we had 30 minutes left in raid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going back in tonight to knock out the other half of the raid. It's just like... So we were uh, basically doing a a sale on Sark to somebody that... Former guildy, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and never actually reached the point that that was the limiting factor in oh, no. our Sark pulls. Like that's not, we were, we had a, a, somebody like dump jumping off immediately and that was never the problem. Yeah. Um, we did have to, we had a healer out. One of the healers that we had used on, uh, Sarkareth and on Neltharian. So there was a little bit of like adjusting healing CDs that was mm-hmm. happening. Um, which contributed to some degree, but there was just also a lot of really silly, like, oops, I walked into a hole kind of deaths. Yeah. And yeah, so that was, that was kind of frustrating. Um, but yeah, we're going to go back in tonight and knock out the rest of it. We're trying to, uh, trying to get some sales done so that we have some, like people have some gold to start next year with. Cause even if we start off with like AOTC sales, basically week one, yeah um we still because of when we raid you know people would want to be spending some of their gold on uh consumables and crafted items before raid on the first week right which would be friday gotcha yeah 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 so yeah that's what we're actually it's funny we're actually starting we just posted or updated our website and like posted sale stuff for i think starting next week so um, yeah. yeah we're also getting into that which is all which is always i hate like i understand the nature of sales i absolutely hate doing them though it's just so, like i just want to get in and get out and be done with it like i don't want to have to yeah. uh, deal with a buyer so um but not so, that's i mean it sucks that it, it took a while but glad you're getting you're getting to the sales man it's awesome full of gold yeah, for the coffers so. yeah um, but yeah funny, i think we we're we are still living off our I think it's our bfa gold we sold so many mounts in bfa like oh yeah for, we like we that. sold uh sylvanas mounts um as well and so we're still on our guild bank still is on like sylvanas gold yeah yeah we um, used to do it we did so many sales back then like it's super early like we got we got lucky and that we cleared that instance pretty quick so um we didn't do too many sylvanas sales and we did like a handful of 
of jailer sales um but nothing too crazy so yeah um definitely season four we did some jailer sales though because literally you could like delete what was it phase three just wasn't a phase phase three and phase four just didn't exist yeah, <laughs> yeah it just did exist phase in, two in... barely existed phase two is more of a speed bump and you just had to be careful not to push it a point that it was going to instantly wipe you exactly exactly so yeah no um but cool nuts no, i mean hopefully you go back in there get it get it done quick wrap it up early so yeah. Um, I will say, I, so other progression that I'm doing, just so everybody loves, you know, Wrath Classic, had a had a one percent wipe to a new Perilic last night, Oof. or I mean on Friday night, um, which sucked. It would have been, I think, the guild's first kill. They were like super super hyped about it. Um, they were tr- they were doing the one thing. So I don't rate. I just sort of show up two and a half hours every Friday, yeah. kill some bosses. It's a good time. But they were doing the one thing that I hate doing, which is like. Oh, my friend said if you just kite the ads really far away from the boss and DPS the boss, it'll die. And I'm like, or we could just do the fight normally, and like that way we just win, right? Um, and it's funny they like we tried it. Our our two really low attempts were like to kiting the ads away, and then we didn't kill it fast enough, and so the ads came back and started one shotting literally everybody in the group. So it's just like yeah. And the last attempt we we tried to just keep them on the ice, and that was our our. I think we wiped it like two or three percent to like a paladin getting aggro, healing aggro and dying, which is such a funny thing. And you go from retail to back there. Um, but no, but ICC Did, comes out in two weeks. How is it? How, wait. On a new ad? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's normal. Yeah. You're going to yeah. deal with that on Narl Root. Yeah. Oh, really? We'll talk about when we talk about the, the raid testing. Oh, I'm excited. But yeah, no, Wrath... There, there's a wrath note here that I want to talk about a little bit, but yeah, no wrath oh, yeah, classic rating. Is, you want to just like jump right into that? Strong. We can, yeah. So I think in, in sort of news this week, um, one a news item for my classic gamers out there that love to play classic like I do. Um, they made a change to Lich King heroic, um, and so what they've done is essentially the boss um, Lich King now takes uh, reduced damage. Not only the boss, but raging spirits and vile spirits, which are adds. Uh, uh, during the final phase of, of actually they're through most of the Lich King um, through the Lich King fight they now take reduced damage um, for 45 seconds after the Lich King casts Harvest Soul so if you're not familiar with the fight on Heroic there's a certain point um, towards the end of the fight where he sucks everybody into Frostmourne and you have to survive for 45 seconds in Frostmourne and then you come out and you can DPS him is sort of the way that it works what they were finding uh, the interesting thing is though while he sucks the entire raid in he doesn't suck dead people in so if you have a class, let's say a shaman, that can Ankh, uh, essentially you can die before he casts uh, Harvest Souls um, and then resurrect yourself and DPS the Lich King for 45 seconds with nothing going on because <laughs> there's no damage outside of the the the, the Frostmourne phase. Um, so they made that adjustment um, and basically now he takes, I think, like 99% reduced damage for 45 seconds after he does it. So you can't use the whole shaman resurrection strat or, um, you know. Or what people were, were more often doing is warlocks. Yeah, because yeah. this predates the um, shared combat res timer, mm-hmm. so you can just have all the warlocks also themselves and exactly. stand back up. I think it. No, they. I think they fixed the out of raid soul stones at this point. I'd have to double check that because that was another tactic where like you'd have a warlock yeah. just in the raid, like the twenty first player, or twenty or I guess twenty sixth player, or twenty seventh player. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just soulstone someone, stay in the raid, but not actually zone in. Yeah. I think they fixed that at this point. But, but yeah, interesting. It's funny. They they in the note they're basically like, look, this isn't a this is a change from the original fight. However, if this was more prevalent during the original fight, we probably would have made this change anyway at the time because this is yeah. totally unintended. Um, or or done something like you know, Dizoth. They had the same thing go on with mm-hmm. the mythic phase. You remember limit doing this where. They just didn't go into the mythic phase, and there were no yeah. mechanics. Exactly. And exactly. then Blizzard made the change, so the pulsing AOE damage uh, becomes basically a one shot if you don't go into the mythic phase. Uh, so you either have to beat the mythic phase and skip it entirely, or you go in and you do it. Yeah, yeah. But now they're they're still making changes on classic classic wrath, and yeah, ICC comes out. I think. Um, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. It's like October twelfth. It goes live, so um, for that week. So, um, but yeah, heroic or uh, wrath, wrath of Lich King news. Always fun to go back. 
play play the game on easy mode. I'll say. Um, cool. So the other big thing that happened this week is we got a ton of BlizzCon news actually, which is BlizzCon fast approaching. It is scheduled for what November second and third. I want to say right or no yeah. third and fourth. Third and fourth. That, yeah, third that and fourth weekend. that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so BlizzCon's coming up. So Blizzard's released a ton of details. Um, namely, they gave sort of a, an overview of the floor plan uh, for the convention center. Um, large amount of space given up to Overwatch, uh, both the World Cup and Overwatch 2, uh, which I'm assuming the World Cup's mostly the stage, judging by like the the, yeah. you know, the, the faded in overlays. Lots of space to Diablo, which is to be expected. Um, assuming we'll see like maybe some info on the new Diablo expansion potentially. Um, although I will say game Diablo four, not doing great, uh, out there in the world. Um, and then of course equal, like sort of a smallish space for the Warcraft, uh, I guess area with Hearthstone and Warcraft rumble, basically taking up about a quarter of the space each. And then world of Warcraft taking up the other half of that hall. Um, but yeah, it looks, uh, looks interesting. There's a wow demo listed here. What are they demoing? Um, would be interesting. We also got some interesting stuff from the wow guild clash. Um, so here, look this week, I didn't put this in our notes just cause I don't like really talking about spoilers or like, you know, some things, but I will say offhanded, I think we get 11.0. I think we get the new expansion at least announced at BlizzCon. Um, they could be previewing. You never know. They could be previewing 10.3. I don't think we get a 10.3. I would actually... I would actually bet money we don't get a 10.3. Uh, it, so I'll say a 10.3 is a content patch. We might get a 10.3 season four-ish thing. Yeah. Similar to Shadowlands, but I don't think we get a 10.3 new content type patch coming out. Um, I hope we so yeah, do. I hope we yeah, do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but um, but no, yeah. So they released uh, the floor plan, and then also they have released the um, sort of like the the – in-game goodies thing um, uh, and take-home swag. So basically a bunch of stuff around what's actually occurring at BlizzCon came out, uh, including what's included, including also things that you'll be able to sort of take home. The, um, the, I guess the backpack they give you for going, all the stuff in there. I get to see some pictures of what's popping out of it. It looks like some Funko pop, like bobblehead things and some other stuff. Um, And then also um, looks to be some more digital goodies if you can't make it. Um, they don't have a like a like a what is they called it the BlizzCon pass or virtual ticket this year, um, but it seems like you might be able to just purchase like the digital goodies that come in your physical backpack if you want. To. Yeah, there's also so potentially. Well, I had made note that this tile on the overall like graphic of this, so they have this big graphic, right? Mm-hmm. And there's the end more yet to be revealed in the bottom right corner that has a screenshot of a mount that looks like a variation on the um, like Jaina mount or season, uh, I guess any season, Mythic Plus season uh, mounts mm-hmm. from Shadowlands, um, but with a different model. And they're like, ah, new mount. I'm a little bit more skeptical that that's actually the new mount. To, it, to, funnily enough, it looks like a pet to me. Yeah, <laughs> like more than anything, it, it does. It does have a person standing on the top of it, like the. Oh, it doesn't? Like I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't zoom in that close, but yeah. Okay, fair enough. Maybe you get yeah, to the, ride the pet. The like big, the big zoomed-in screenshot that they that they did oh. did a real disservice to it because it cuts off the person that's standing on it and makes it look like a battle pet. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, but yeah, there's there's. We will see. We will see. We're we're a month away. We we can we can speculate wildly, but also it's a month away. So, yeah, that will we'll be deep into some some BlizzCon stuff shortly here. Um, yeah. For sure. uh, then the other BlizzCon thing, the other major BlizzCon thing is they announced this Guild Clash. They're gonna have uh three no sorry four events with four different guilds competing. They're gonna be doing uh single elimination arenas, uh three v three. They're going to be doing uh, Mythic Plus Dungeons from the 10.2 Mythic Dungeon Pool. So this is Next Patches Dungeon, right? Uh, Yeah. And so, again, single single elimination brackets because of time. Um, 
wait, is it only three? It's, it is only three. It's only three events, yeah, but yeah. it's four teams. And then there's yeah. another event that has not been announced yet. And um, we have no information on it, but I'm putting in my bet now. It's Dragon Riding Racing. Really? That's, that's where my, you went with that. That's my bet. So here's here's what I'm like. I guess Dragon Riding Racing makes sense if we look at like the people, like because they also announced the teams. So like, or who's representing each of the four teams, right? Right. So, um, so there's you know there's five people for of course the Mythic Plus dungeons, four from an arena point of view. Um, I thought the bonus event would actually be like a like a raid event, but I guess coordinating twenty people. Or really, it's what eighty people, right? Yeah, like yeah, twenty people for four teams. Um, might be a little bit more difficult than, uh, than it than it makes it out to be. But yeah, no, they um, yeah. I guess dragon riding makes sense actually. Um, you, you think about like what would be like a fun little. Um, nobody knows what the event. Uh, assuming that they don't know what the event's going to be, right? The only right, wizard yeah. knows. If you were to spring a four fun event on these people, what would the four fun event be? Put it in the PvP dragon riding race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or they do some sort of like relay style dragon riding race would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. That makes sense. I'm I'm now on your side. It's dragon riding. I thought it was like, oh, we're gonna get to see a new raid fight, but I guess yeah, that's a ton to coordinate. So it would be a lot to coordinate, and maybe it could be that, and they just didn't want to announce it yet. But that would be such That's a weird true. thing to like announce raids or dungeons in Mythic Plus, but not raid content. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it could be is that you could be right that we're getting an eleven point zero announcement, and that there's some new content thing from that. Ooh, like a new dungeon? Because there already are five got five people there, right? Yeah. Or, or you know. Yeah, just something, some new content thing for the new expansion, and they put them in that, and they're like, have fun. But that relies on 11.0 being playable. That's true. Which is... Yeah, or, or, have it, or have it further enough long, you have, like, a, a piece of content. Like, a yeah. 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 That's fair. So, That's fair. Yeah, that would that actually might... That could be the, the sleeper piece of it. It's, like, it's one arena, new arena mm-hmm. uh, map, right, that, that you put the PvPers in, and, like, one new dungeon you put the dungeon teams in and do like a similar bracket yeah well maybe um but cool yeah so i mean lots of i think we'll slowly see some some new leaks and like i mentioned there there has been some like when i say leaks there are there's been people who have data mined some stuff out of the the latest ptr um that points to an 11.0 but like loosely points to an 11.0 like i think somebody found the name of a mount that follows the same naming convention as the like collector's edition mount from shadowlands right yeah loose stuff but i mean i i will say that i think 11.0 is my like hey we're gonna see it type like pie in the sky i think prediction for blizzcon but um but yeah maybe we don't maybe we don't so um but cool kind of last news thing right is yeah this thing with chris metzen metzen is back baby metzen is well okay so metzen's been back like he they announced that chris had come back to the company in sort of a consulting role I think back in March um, of this year. So it's been about six-ish months since he's been back. But they did then, t- Warcraft tweeted out that uh, Chris Metzen has been given the role of full-time executive creative director of the Warcraft universe, which I think, to be fair, puts him back in the same position he has before he was he uh, he retired or he sort of left Blizzard last time. So, I think previously, so they brought him out of retirement, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that, like, I, for one extremely happy about this um they say the warcraft universe so i think a lot of people are like oh it's only wow but i think he'll probably have his hands in the way that probably warcraft rumble and the hearthstone and all of that how that all sort of ticks and ties but at least specifically for work world of warcraft i'm really excited about this because i think to be completely honest with you like after chris left story took a little bit of a nosedive like bfa i think might have been partly his last major contribution to that right and then i don't think he had a hand in shadowlands maybe like very early on concepting but the way the story of shadowlands would have played out absolutely terrible like i don't i'm not a huge story person but like they screwed over using sylvanas the way they did like major lore character i know they were taking a chance but like they basically they should have I'll, I'll i'll stand by this they should have basically got rid of her like killed her off 
Like that would have been the most poetic way to end that because like the way they do it is it's sort of everything's a redemption arc and it's just, that's annoying. Right. Um, but no, Chris back, hopefully directing story and a lot of the creative stuff that happens. Um, maybe has a huge hand in 11.0 that we see in a month when it gets announced at BlizzCon, hopefully, uh, maybe. Um, I had, but no. Literally as we were, I guess maybe not literally as we were talking, but uh, there's a big speculation post about 11.0 on uh, Wowhead now. Oh, really? Uh, from from the stuff you're talking about with the mounts and uh, some of the other stuff, like reading a lot into the name of the mount, a lot. Okay. Going deep. <laughs> Going deep. Yeah, I don't... So that, that type of speculation, a little too much for me. But um, but yeah, no. Um, this, Chris, this Chris announcement, I think, is really cool. I think he's... Him and, you know, it'd be great to get... Um, what's his name? Jeff back. Um, some, of the, some of the original, like, classic WoW guys back in and directing some stuff. Because I'll say that, like, I'm having a blast in Wrath. And I think it's primarily because I think we've talked about this. Like the game just is rating is a hundred percent easier. Like I'll never like, yeah, it's, it is a joke. The, the mechanical difficulty and maybe ICC becomes a step up. Well, I, I generally believe ICC like is probably closer to modern raids than anything else we've, we've had, but um, so I've been working on, on Webfest stuff this week, like yeah. fight, uh, like all the mechanic insights and stuff that we put on Webfest and, um, some of them, yes. Some of them, yeah. yes. But that's the case every tier, right? Like, TOC is a lot more involved than Nax. Yeah. And Uluar was a big, big step up from Nax. But that's not saying very much because Nax is, like, not very complicated. Like a like a 25-man dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I would honestly say TOC is kind of a step down from some of the Ulduar encounters. But then, mm-hmm. like, I think ICC, from what I've seen so far, ICC goes back up. ICC goes back up, so. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what we'll see what, what Chris has in store for us, particularly for whatever the, the next piece of content comes out that he's had his hand in. I'm assuming 11.0 was pretty much well in hand before this, and maybe that's what he's been working on for the past six months. Um, but we probably don't see a lot of what... An announcement like this is typically, like, Maybe a late 11.x patch, and then definitely they make a 12.0. 12.0 will be will be him. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So, um, I guess that's it for for news this week. Um, we can yeah. sort of now we just little, get all the tuning, all the tuning. So, uh, Blizzard has not slowed down in making changes across the board. Um. So I guess we can jump in maybe to the monk stuff first, and then I, I did want to spend yeah. a little bit of time on the there's a there's a hunter change. While we're not we're really talking about hunter as much, it's interesting, um, and we'll go from there. So from a from a monk point of view, um, we've gotten a bunch of changes to both Miss Weaver and Windwalker, um, and so I wanted to maybe maybe go through a little bit of those, and and then we can talk about it. So we'll start with the Miss Weaver stuff, and then we can go for uh, you know from there. So. Um, from a Mr. Changes point of view, the some of the bigger ones we'll we'll touch on. I don't think we have to go through all of these. Is um, they've finally sort of said that our four piece now will um, all heals should contribute um, into the four piece. Um, where I think we're still doing testing on that, but it looks to be changed and updated, which is great. Um, so we no longer have the weird stuff like invigorating miss not in, not being included in the four piece sort of you know, bonus and, and sort of spread healing. So um, good change there. Um, they have lowered the amount that the four piece will accumulate back to 15%. This was the original value, by the way. Uh, they buffed it almost immediately randomly or in a hot fix to PTR. It wasn't in the patch notes when it actually went in. Um, so it's back down to 15% to be expected. Now we have more healing in. I think now we're looking at two and four piece being roughly like a, a 11 or 12% HPS increase. Um, which Not is bad. more, more, uh, more in line, we'll say, with what we expect. So yeah, um, some good changes there. Um, we did finally get the the final numbers are uh, so final changes to healing elixir. Um, so healing elixir, um, 
will now restore 20% of your max health was 15% and now automatically triggers at 40% health versus 35. This essentially turns healing elixir into a passive sort of heal whenever you drop below 40%. Um, they did put in that healing elixir now additionally heals if excess healing elixirs are generated. So it has a two charge, it has two charges. And um, essentially, I guess what this means is that whenever it rolls over, it doesn't get a third charge, just triggers essentially random yeah. healing. This is how like Gift of the Ox works. If you So there's a five orb cap on Gift of the Ox for Brewmasters. And if you generate mm -hmm. a sixth orb, your oldest orb gets consumed automatically, regardless of your current position or HP or anything like that. And that sixth orb might, you know, overheal a bunch, but at least it tried. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. that's kind of what you're getting here. Yeah, yeah. So um, nice little change. It means our, the healing elixir doesn't get wasted, continually generating stacks, and then triggers at a little bit higher health, which is nice. Um, then we get into the expel harm changes, and sort of maybe we'll spend a little bit of time here with expel harm. So um, they have lowered the base mana cost, um, was 3%. They basically almost over halved it. It went to 1.4% base mana. Its healing was increased by 550%. Uh, which yeah. is a lot. <laughs> yep. Which, uh, in fairness, Expel Harm, basically not a heal. Yeah, at previous Expel Harm, I, I will say that you'll talk to any, you know, Misweaver. Most Misweavers, number one, didn't know the spell existed because we don't talk about it ever in any yeah. of the guides because uh, it's not worth the bar slot, um, but now it is, so that's good. Um, they also upped the damage uh, to 25% and also the damage range to 20 yards around yourself, which is awesome. Um, they have... Um, done a little bit in terms of this, the way talents interact with it. They reduced Strength of Spirit to only um, increasing the healing of Expel Harm by 30%. It was 100%. Again, they're buffing the base healing. They can't keep these sort of stacking modifiers on top of it. Um, and Profound Rebuttal now increases the critical healing of Expel Harm by 50%. It was, or sorry, 15%. It was 50%. Um, and so that's also come down. So in general, the talent modifiers um, have lowered, sort of, in turn, by the base of Expel Harm being um, increased. So the only one of these changes to the Impact Spearmaster that we know of, and like we've tested these, is um, the range increase, which is relevant. You can accidentally pull with this now, but also you shouldn't be casting Expel Harm before a pull, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the range increase is just on the base spell. Mm -hmm. The other changes like Brewmaster Strength of Spirit still one hundred percent increase, which is good. That's a key part of the current tuning of Brewmaster, and they would need to do something if that got changed. Exactly. Exactly. So no. So solid changes here. Basically, what this does is, I mean, Expel Harm right now is almost healing. I think entire health bars when you hit it. Uh, particularly if you crit and you have some healing amps on yourself. If you play it right, yeah. it's almost like a lay on hands, which is really nice. So we'll see. I, I The button is now worth pressing, I'll say. And it's potentially even worth pressing to game the system a little bit. Like if you are oh. going into your ramp um, and you drop your four-piece bonus on yourself, you might as well just hit Expel Harm because that healing goes into it and it's a free amount of healing that then gets distributed to all of your other you know, chi harmony targets. So, um, no, so I think it's kind of like the, uh, the transcendence tech with your Yulon ramp where you could transcendence and then get your free vivifies on yourself, even if you didn't need it. Exactly. Yeah. Like a minor mana saving, not minor. I guess it was a, a, a fair amount of mana. You could save there. Yeah. Using like the escape from reality tech. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a port right before your ramp. So no, I mean, I think this is, it is now a button you want to press. It is a solid heal in terms of like, you know, it's it's only targetable on yourself. It's only usable on yourself, but it's a nice way to, you know, provide an instant cast heal, essentially. It is still on the GCD, which I think some yeah. people dislike. Um, I played around it a little bit. And to be fair, it just feels weird hitting the button versus it being on the GCD. Um, but no, I, it's, a, it's now a button you'll want to put on your bars and sort of you can pair it with, you know, healing elixirs now and, and some of the other defensive that we have. So um, you have a nice little, nice little short cooldown heal. I think it's like, what, 20 second cooldown, 15 second cooldown, something like that. Um, Brewmaster's got a six second cooldown, get on another level. I know it's not, not that, that'd be a little much at six seconds. Um, I, I, 
so for reference on there's a damage portion of this too like a portion of the damage that you do or the healing that you do is done as nature damage to an enemy so the range change to that will be nice because it's currently a pretty short range mm-hmm. um but like on my kazara last friday it did almost 600 dps which is not nothing no it's, it's still not something. nothing but that's yeah it only hit one time that's not too bad then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this will be a, it'll be a nice even damage boost in, you know, mythic plus or, or those even in raids to be fair um, as you sort of use it. So no, I'd say um, it's a good change. I think it makes, I mean, hundred percent makes the spell usable, pressable. Um, we'll probably see some tuning to the healing, um, but hopefully not that much. Cause I mean, the, the really crazy numbers that we're seeing are sort of stacking a bunch of amps together. So there's not, it's yeah. not like you hit the button whenever and you heal yourself to full it's like you have to dock some healing amps on yourself and then like enveloping yeah. and you know the uh chi army and stuff like that so but in any event it's now a solid button to press i think it's a really good change i think it i still i think it's a good change now when coupled with what they did to healing elixir healing elixir now serves sort of a more passive component of healing and now you have an active one in expel harm which is good so um, one thing to know, which I think is interesting. So the strength of spear and profound rebuttal changes are again, misweaver only, like you mentioned, they don't affect brewmaster, um, to get these in the game, Blizzard had to do something they haven't done to any other class. And that is add a second spec aura to the game. Well, sorry to us in Paladin. So we are the, us in Paladin, Holy Paladin specifically are the first classes in the game to have a second spec aura be added to capture all of our various modifiers. Um, so if you aren't familiar with these, just from a you know from a, a technical perspective is every class has sort of an aura or every spec has sort of an aura that affects maybe the way certain talents interact just with that spec, if those talents are, cha- are shared across specs or just in general, how they do aura buffs with things, um, whether that's additional healing, additional damage on certain things. So Mistweaver has a second one to track now, which is fun. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the underlying limit here is that they have up to 32 effects that they can have on a single spell. Yeah, and they hit the cap. Yeah, <laughs> they, they hit, is... the 30 second effect on the Mistweaver Monk passive is the modified 550 uh, percent healing done by Expel Harm. Yeah, yeah. So they they hit the cap, and now they've got to roll it over. So, um, but yeah, no. So a couple of quick other just. Um, changes um they've they've increased or sorry they've decreased the unison healing um so unison of course is du- the duplication of soothing mist that's down to 75 percent that coupled with the range i think they up- they update the range of it from a from the statue last patch so i mean they're sort of just doing a couple of tweaking things they've lowered the enveloping breath healing by 20 percent um and then they've increased our rising sun kick damage by 20 percent nice little damage increase there for a spell we want to keep on cooldown and then calming presence now reduces damage by six percent. It was three percent. Um, so calming presence, the talent that we have in our class tree, I believe. Uh, let me double check. It's not one of the base one of the base class ours, I don't think. Or am I just? Oh no! So calming name? presence is the the class. Sorry, the the class tree one in the middle. It's right after rising sun kick, the second second row. Oh. That better be a change only for you guys. I believe it is. Um, yeah, yeah, it's currently listed as as uh, only for Mr. Okay. Yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a deal if it just like also works for... I guess yeah, it's, 3% less it's not, yeah. not functional anyway, so... Yeah. But yeah. Um, the, uh, so yeah... Lots of Mistweaver changes, still a real spec out there. Blizzard cares about us. Um, but the Expel Harm changes, I mean, definitely I would say if you're out there, get on PTR, mess around with them, give your feedback on how it feels. I think the biggest thing is the the GCD question out there is of if it stays on GCD or not is sort of what some people are debating. But I think for me, in the, I, I mean, I got hit by a tank dummy and sort of messed around with it. Didn't feel too bad with it being on the GCD. Um but there's, I know there's a bunch of people that wanted basically a new like healing elixir to come back in the exact same way. So, um. yeah, the uh, there's a I think a big ongoing discussion kind of across classes mm-hmm. about what should be on the GCD 
because we do have heals for tanks even that are on the GCD. They're they're pretty frustrating. We uh -huh. have there's also this like conflation of absorbs with heals, and they're not exactly the same functionality. Like, um, should Celestial Brew be on the GCD because you're supposed to use it preemptively, and if you mm -hmm. like play around the GCD and push it early, it can get consumed by things that you didn't actually care about mitigating. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's some stuff with that kind of ongoing conversation. Um, Expel Harm for Brewmaster is kind of functionally a death strike right now and uh, is on the GCD. And I think for Brew, it works fine. Like, mm -hmm. to some degree, honestly, one of the weirdest things is like, it's fine if you have downtime in your rotation. I think that's the biggest thing is like, if you have downtime in your rotation, this is perfectly fine. Right. Um, and that's like, Blood Decay is got downtime so you can actually wait to time a perfect death strike and not get rotationally punished for it super hard gotcha brewmaster the celestial brew on the gcd thing is like very disruptive to the rotation because we have zero downtime negative downtime we have more abilities to push than we can actually press and i don't know where like misweaver falls in between those two points yeah i mean I mean, Mistweaver is generally fairly, fairly GCD locked. I'd say, um, in terms of like we we always will want to, will want to hit something, right? Like I think in general, like there's always an important button that we can hit. Yeah. Um, however, I, th yeah, I mean in general, I don't think at least for our version of Expel Harm. I, yeah, I mean, I guess there is, there is that idea of like it being off GCD is just nice in terms of like you can heal someone else and and hit it, you know, without having yeah. to wait that one and a half second. Although to be fair, you're already probably casting a Vivify into someone, so you want that to land first, and then you're gonna hit Expel yeah. Harm anyway, and that's on the GCD. So, yeah, I I think it I think at the end of the day, it's just gonna be the, from my point of view, the people that sort of are the most not upset I'll say, but have like provided the most feedback around like on or off the GCD are ones that have played a ton with healing elixir and just like yeah. the ability to have an off GCD hit whenever heal, right? Yeah. To, to, to sort of top yourself off. So yeah, definitely a change in, in that regard. But um, but we'll see, we'll see what the final breakdown of it is. So um so cool. So then the other uh changes that came in this week were to monks at least uh were to Windwalker. Um and they basically have redesigned uh, again the two and four set bonuses. Um and so um the idea is now or I guess um the change is now for any of the free spinning crane kicks you had or you get from what is it called um Dance of I don't GG? know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like anymore, like they changed the tier set names again. So now, if you read the developers, know that talks about Windfoot and Blackout reinforcement. Windfoot got removed. I don't know what Windfoot is. Yeah, I don't know. So, but it, it seems like the way the changes work is essentially if you're if you're if you're casting spinning crane kick and it's free, you will get the buff, the Blackout reinforcement buff, which is yeah. that buff to your your Blackout kicks, right? And then also melee abilities have the chance to cast to grant blackout reinforcement. So it's one of those things where they're trying to sort of what we've talked about in the past, how you don't melee or any sort of set bonus for Windwalkers if it's if it's based off of melee hits. You don't melee during Fist of Fury or Spinning Crane Kick. So it's yeah. like this takes away or sort of allows you to still generate the set bonus buff uh, when you're casting Spinning Crane Kick. Um, and then um, then yeah, the blackout, the black or the um, Blackout reinforcement empowered blackout kicks uh, reduce the cooldown of Fist of Fury, Rising Sun Kick, Strike of the Windlord, and Whirling Dragon Punch by three seconds. Um, so now, um, yeah, now you you get the reduction. And I guess that's, oh, so the next bullet point, maybe this is where it's coming from, is spinning crane kicks cast during Serenity now correctly during blackout yeah, reinforcement. Okay. Which is why they're talking about, they didn't say Dance of GG proc spinning crane kicks. It's any right. free cost spinning crane kick, which Serenity would make it free. So... Uh, um, and there's also a fun note which I would love to see the bug report for this one blackout reinforcement can no longer be cancelled using a cancel aura macro on dance of chiji without casting a spinning crane kick will no longer grant blackout reinforcement <laughs> people are just like 
Essentially, getting a yeah, dance getting... with Gigi proc, cancel already, and then casting blackout kick. That's pretty good. Because I guess the idea would be is like the only way you'd lose. I guess it was coded in the only way you lose Dance of Chigi if you actually cast it a spinning crane kick. So they just like triggered it off of that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So um, seems like they're still tweaking the Windwalker uh, set bonus. I haven't really, to be completely honest with you, haven't really been um, too close to the, the Windwalker changes or at least Babs. I haven't seen his novels yet on the tier sets. But um, I'm assuming this is all this is better. Maybe not great, maybe not awesome, but it's better. Um, so more uh more um more ways to proc it basically. So yeah. Or sorry, more more clear ways we'll say to proc it. So um but yeah, speaking of like getting on PTR and testing things, we had we have, we have oh, one more topic. We have one the, more topic. The hunter. Did I the oh buff. yeah, the hunter raid buff. The also raid tested buff. on PTR this week. So Hunter's got a raid buff. Hunter's mark is now um 5% increased damage for your raid in the top 20% of the boss's health. So 100 to 80%, 5% increased damage by just anybody. Yeah. The raid. Anybody hitting it. Uh there's some ongoing kind of discussion about do we really need another raid buff? And is this actually worthwhile? Heck yeah, we do. And how does this interact with AoE? Spoiler, not very well. You're limited to one mark, one hunter's mark as a hunter, like just one total. Yeah. So if you cast it on the second target, it gets moved. Um, and my stance is mostly that we don't really need another raid buff, but also this one is very uh, uneven in its applicability, right? You think about like Sarkareth, this would have been great because your overall damage carries over. You weren't hitting the breakpoints to force push the boss. So just getting an extra 5% damage in the top 20% is just like 1% overall DPS increase for the rate. And that's pretty mm -hmm. good. Um, not like breaking the world, you have to have one, but, you know, pretty good. Um, but then you have things like Neltharian where you were holding DPS in phase one. Anyway, yeah. And so there you just hold DPS even longer. Right. And you were hitting it even in phase two now. Like you hit the damage cap. So like... Yeah. Even getting that that initial part down, it doesn't speed yeah. up the fight. Yeah, and then yeah. and then it's it's weird too because then you have fights like Sylvanas where I'd say like it would yeah. depend on push timings, right? Like it would be if you were trying to push or meet a specific timing, this is a great buff early on to make that timing, right? To to lessen the your yeah. time spent in um, phase one. But um, but yeah, yeah, that's a very unique boss in that you spend like it like that, it, ball, it that fight doesn't forty five percent. Yeah, exactly, exactly, instead of zero. So um, you're still in that 100 to 80% mark longer on a fight like that. Yeah, know? and I think, I think barring things like that, this is a pretty, like, forgettable buff. Like, you'll be glad to have it. You're yeah. not, uh, again, 1% rate DPS increase. Is it yeah. good? Yes. Is it, like, you must have a hunter in your group? Not really. There's a yeah. lot of like even uh, like obviously world first is a totally different ball game. Not going to talk about that, but like for for regular CE rating, you're on like a Rashok or a Magmarex where you're running up against a DPS check, and one percent DPS is mm -hmm. made up for by just having people stay alive, having people push buttons better, having people get better crits. You know, right. actually, fun fun fact. Um, so 1% HP on Sarkarath is 6.6 .6 million, right? Mm -hmm. If you have uh, your beacon, it does six, like it does around 700k. Okay, uh, so that's uh, a tenth of your 1%. You can get an extra 0.1% boss HP by just having it crit. Yeah, if you have six or seven people using it. Suddenly, you're looking at like just an extra like half a percent to one percent of boss HP from beacon crits. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, we'll we'll see how this one plays out. I mean, like the the there was a Wowhead article on it. The Wowhead class writers sort of were like, "Yeah, this will be mandatory." And like, I in most cases they say, and I'm I don't know if I particular. I I think 
if you are if you are in a gear deficit for the content you're doing, any buff to the damage you do will be better than not having that buff, right? So like in general, mandatory in those cases. I'd say if you are, I would say even a guild like mine, or I'd say you know, even like yours, a hunter buff, not the reason we're not making DPS checks, yeah. not the reason we're not killing fights. Like the the damage between 80 and 100% increase isn't going to make or break the fight for us. Um, yeah, there's, there's, you know... Ret Aura fills a very, very similar like role, mm-hmm. um, and does actually a pretty similar provides a similar amount of value if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's around one percent if you manage to trigger it on cooldown. Um, but you don't, <laughs> so yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Although we are doing stuff now to make sure we trigger it on pull on Sarkarath. Because it's just the same same reason as the hunter stuff. Like, it's just the damage carries over. It's not very hard or risky to trigger it on pull. It mostly just involves me me yelling at our ranged DPS to not pull early so the boss punches me instead of walking towards them. Yeah. I mean, we we have a rogue, so our rogue just cloak or shadow, whatever the... Shadow steps? Not shadow step, whatever the AoE stealth is called. Oh, Phantom Knives. Oh, Shroud. Yeah, shrouds our tank, and our tank backs up into the boss. Yeah, and then like it's in the back. I just cast beacon. I cast beacon and taunt, and it punches me. And there's like a ten percent chance that that I dodge it. And you know what? (laughs) Yeah, no, our tanks have been. They turn their backs and try to get it to proc throughout the fight. It's really fun. Particularly in phase two, where like my brain shuts off from a healing point of view, and then all of a sudden they like (laughs) all of a sudden the tanks it. Like what's going on here, boys? Yeah, we don't um, we don't worry about triggering after that. I'm actually curious now. If I look at our Sarkarath, what, what was our buff up time on on Red Aura? Uh, this is we're getting off topic. We're gonna get back to uh, <laughs> right, Destiny. Yeah, we had sixty percent uptime on it. This is pretty close to perfect uptime on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, like I don't think you can get literally one percent or one hundred percent uptime on it. I think it's got like an ICD that's longer than that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, but we, you know, we had it on pull. We had it again in phase two or in phase one. And then phase two kind of is where it drops off because you don't take damage. <laughs> and yeah. then it, we have it for a lot of phase three. Yeah. Yeah, we had, um. what's what's our uptime on it? Now now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. Rich. Is that listed on the buff page? It is listed on the buffs page. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Here, I'll pull it up on the stream. Uh, so yeah, anyway. we we had we had sixty percent uptime. That's pretty good. It's decent. It's decent. It's decent. Um, yeah, but <laughs> back back on topic a little bit. Um, we had mythic raid testing this week. Uh, four bosses. We will be testing probably the final four next week. Mm-hmm. Um, final four, of course, excluding Farak who is uh, not getting raid tested on PTR. Yep. So the bosses we tested this week are Gnarl Root, Aegira, Council of Dreams, and Smolderon. Gnarl Root, I think, is kind of the de facto first boss. Um, okay. I don't know the overall structure of this raid. Uh, there's like multiple wings and things, and I don't know how exactly it all works out, but Gnarl Root is basically the first boss, and it's fine. <laughs> I, I did allude earlier to threat issues, and... Basically, the the story with that is like there are lashers that get put out as seedlings and you burn the seedlings to awaken the lashers and you have to like stagger it. The kind of core mechanic is you you stagger those so that you don't get one shot by the rate damage. The other thing is they on mythic, the lashers move kind of from being a nuisance to being a a real threat. Um, So if you have too many of them active at a time, they have this cast that they do that applies a damage taken debuff and a bleed. And um, importantly, that cast is ranged. Oh, okay. And they the way that these seedlings come out is they they kind of like four cardinal directions, you know, north, south, east, west from the boss. Not literally, it's like offset at an angle, but like that kind of plus sign pattern or X pattern from the boss. And they'll be coming from often every direction at the same time. Uh, which poses a real problem for tanks because that means you can't go to a particular 
you know, side and be like, oh, I'm going to pick up these ads as they come in um, mm-hmm. because they're coming from everywhere. So you kind of need to be in the middle picking up thread on them, except that they can stop and cast before they reach the middle. That'll be fun. And if you haven't gotten to hit them yet as a tank, they're shooting your healers. Yeah. This will be a great, I'm super excited for this. So it's like like this. Yeah. We were like, that was not what was killing us. Like we were mostly working through it and it was like mostly okay. The number Mm -hmm. of them that actually did stop and cast before they reached the tanks was like not too high. It was frustrating. Like getting yelled at by the healers. Like I'm getting shot at. And yeah, yeah. I literally can't help you. I'm sorry. Uh, honestly, the more annoying ones were like the boomkins because they're like, I'm star falling. And it's like, yep, you are. Have fun tanking. Yeah, good luck. Those are now your mobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which isn't those. like genuinely is a tech that we've used before is like boomkin starfall mm-hmm. being like an AoE taunt to gather up a bunch of mobs and bring them to a spot that the tank can actually pick them up. Um, gotcha. So like, that's not totally unheard of. It's like the ranged cast on these that makes that very different because they can uh they can get not literally deleted but put in a very dangerous spot by the by those Uh, but it is a bleed it's dispellable it's boppable so it's it's like there's ways to deal with it it doesn't just have to sit there and be a damage hit on people Um, but like the the main mythic change is now there's also treants that spawn with the lashers and these treants have like a disorient cast that needs to be kicked and they just like do raid damage and just need to be dps down and that's it. There's some other kind of structural changes to the fight. You get more Arbidin soaks in the intermission, which requires you to spread farther, like in more of a uniform circle around the room instead of it being like four spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what was actually killing us is like a messy transition into the intermission, plus not being able to really spread around the room enough. And then um, that leading to soaks getting missed and then people dying. Um, but yeah, it's pretty reasonable first boss fight i think it's fine the threat thing is annoying but it's not like like has got some annoying elements too it's it's not the fatal flaw yeah yeah Um, fair enough i do hope they change it though (laughs) uh but then we have agira who is the like weapon master boss this is the one that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago you basically get to choose a mechanic in each phase that you're going to get Mm-hmm. And on Heroic, you get one of these mechanics at a time, and the Mythic changes, you get two of them at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's whichever one you don't soak, basically, because there's three. You don't soak, or like you soak one, and the other two are the ones yeah. you get. Uh, they did do some fixes, like we had issues with the soaks uh, getting completely covered in swirlies and being unsoakable. And then as soon as you leave a soak, it gives you 100% increased damage taken from the soak. So like your DPS couldn't go back in and, and do the soak again gotcha. if they had to leave because of swirlies. So there was some like, you know, baiting swirlies kind of stuff going on that it basically got completely removed because these swirlies now spawn at a much more reasonable rate. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but they did fix a couple of other things uh, that made the fight a lot, I would say worse for what I think is supposed to be an early boss. Gotcha. Um, so specifically, there are like three there's basically four main mechanics there's spears that go out that like um you get pinned to a spear people have to kill the spear and until they do you can't move too far away in some ways it's like the chains on sylvanas except that in the way that like constantly pulls you in except that it doesn't explode when you reach the chain gotcha um and they they just need to be killed um then the others are there's a meteor slam that just does a bleed if you don't soak the slam. This is like kind of a riff on what happens on Rashok, where there is damage if you don't soak the slam, uh, but on Rashok, just everybody soaks it. Here, there's a 10-second stun when you soak it. They haven't changed this. They really should, because it sucks. And because, actually, because of the uh, nerf to mass dispel, there's basically, like, two ways that I would want to handle this right now. Mm Mm-hmm. One of them is to just have a Mistweaver and you just revival the uh, the slam. And there's two of them per face. You can do that for one and then the other one you just like only have the tanks in or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and single dispel them. Or you stack priests because they can no longer mass dispel enough with just like two. Now you need like four 
in order to do mass dispels. Which is gotcha. maybe an unintended consequence of the mass dispel nerfs. But that was a problem on Heroic too. It, it was just a more acute problem because of the overlaps on the mythic version of the fight, where now if people are stunned, there's like a leap going off or a healing absorb going off. And that kills you because you're stunned and you can't dodge it. Yeah, yeah. That's um, annoying, yeah. And then there's the healing absorb, which the way we were doing this on Heroic is if you pixel stack, you could do the thing like on Prototype Pantheon, where all the waves start from outside your hitbox and go out. Uh, so if okay. you're all stacked in each other's hitboxes, nobody gets hit and nobody has to dodge. Uh, they nice. changed it so that when your healing absorb gets removed and spawns the orbs, uh, it does like a burst of damage on top of you. Not a high amount, but a high enough amount that you've got 18 people stacked, it's going to kill you multiple times. Right. Ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That doesn't see. I mean, that doesn't seem too bad. Um, yeah. In terms it's, of a fight, I like that. I like that choice mechanic. I'm always a fan of those in fights. So yeah, that's cool. it's. Um, I think it's mostly fine. And honestly, the the one mechanic like, I didn't talk about the last mechanic, which is um, a leap. It's just the rash shock leap. That's all it is. Um, gotcha. Like there's some tuning things, right? Where the you get the healing absorbs and then you get the leap, but like that means that you can't top people up for the rash shock leap. It yeah. does a lot of raid damage. And so that was a little bit of a problem, but that's more of like, a, you know, they can just fix the numbers on that and it'll be fine. Gotcha. Um, the spears were the bigger one that was like a question mark of like, how the heck do they expect us to handle this? Like there are a couple of, not that like it's not handleable, we were doing it, we were getting multiple phases into the fight, but mm -hmm. like, I'm not sure what the intent is. So we ended up doing like this U-shape around the boss with the spears. And okay. then, like, the boss is in the middle and people can cleave the spears while while damaging the boss. Other people were stacking multiple of them at a time. Like, you could stack three of them. The There's, like, a ground effect under them, but the ground effect doesn't stack, so all you had to care about was the initial damage. Gotcha. And that gives you a lot more efficient cleave. Um, and probably would be ideal, like, if it weren't PTR testing with a bunch of people um, that... Like it kind of uncoordinated PTR testing. It's not all my guilties. Where yeah, we can yeah, just yeah. be like, okay, this is our plan. This is what we're doing. Um, so we're, you know, it's just it's fine. I don't know. It's not it's not a stellar fight, but I do think that there's tuning stuff they can do to make it feel a lot better, including mm -hmm. on the spears that will uh, will improve it quite a bit. Gotcha. And they cancel the dreams. Um, the change from Heroic to Mythic is that on Heroic, there were every boss in this council has an ultimate. They would all cast them one by one by one on Heroic. On Mythic, they cast them two at a time, which gives you these like Brackenhide Hollow kind of combos that you have to disrupt, where you, you remember the first boss in Brackenhide Hollow, uh, the, uh, what is it? The healer gets blinded, the tank gets disoriented, or what is it? Tank gets CC'd, healer gets CC'd, you gotta like uh, kill the thing that's CCing the healer, then the healer dispels the tank, then the tank soaks the charge, and then that's the combo. Yeah. So the the first combo that you get here is you have the bear boss does his enrage that is just like a ton of raid damage, uh, and then the dryad does their like big raid damage. Everybody gets like dunked on, mm -hmm. and those two things very dangerous when combined because it's just a ton of raid damage. And the way you cancel the Dryad's thing is having the bear charge through her, but the bear's raged and not charging. So what do you do? You uh, preemptively carry the Polymorph Bomb from Phase 1 into the Ultimate, immediately Polymorph the bear, and have it charge the boss. And so that's the kind of deal that you're looking at on this. Gotcha. Every okay. one of these Ultimate overlaps, you're doing something to disrupt uh, at least one of them. allow boss A to disrupt boss B. Gotcha. That doesn't seem like a terrible change. It seems like it's now you care a little bit more about. Well, it just seems like it's a little bit more coordination, which makes sense for Mythic yeah. fight, right? Um, yeah, like I, I think it's it's perfectly fine. I think uh, we had we had some spicy things where like we had a polymorph bomb go off and like polymorph the entire range stack. Nice. Which is just like that's just a fundamental piece of the fight. It was hilarious. Uh, we immediately <laughs> died because we had no healers able to heal anything. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's That's definitely awesome. some troll potential on this fight. 
Um, and then there's Smolderon. How'd that go? Seems like it not well based on that intro. No, I do not like this fight. Fair enough. <laughs> I do not like this fight. On heroic, it seemed fine. Um, so there's a couple mythic changes here. So on mythic, like so on heroic, you have these overheated debuffs. It's just less a basic spread debuff. You you spread, you get out, and then three tornadoes spawn from you. Mythic change, <laughs> five tornadoes spawn from you. Uh, which is a lot of tornadoes. They move like pretty quickly, but not quickly enough that they're just like immediately gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they. <sighs> it's one of those things where there's so many of them. Half the raid gets this at a time. So 10 people, including one of the tanks, yeah. um, get this. Five tornadoes at a time. And they're fast enough to be dangerous, but not so fast that they immediately are just like gone from the relevant part of the arena. And so many people have them that it just kind of ends up being this like random maze of tornadoes that you're trying to dodge, which on its own is like kind of fine and an interesting mechanic. Mm -hmm. But then kind of this whole boss is you're trying to, it's very much like a kill the boss before the hardened rage. And in order to reach the hardened rage, you have to play the softened rage area denial mechanic well, so that you have space left at the end to reach the hardened rage. Gotcha. Um, if you're just like YOLO dodging tornadoes, you're not going to play the space mechanic well. The way that these overlap, the tornadoes are still going on. Gotcha. With the, when the uh, lava puddles spawn, and then the lava puddles spawn actually not on people. So you can't even necessarily be like, just kind of be in this general area and it'll be okay. They can spawn around people in a pretty big radius. So it's gotcha. actually like really difficult to make them spawn in a, like a consistent small area. And so there's some stuff people were talking about where like maybe it's like supposed to be that the first set you just kind of YOLO it and the second set your tornado people go back and like stand in the empty spaces left by the previous lava, which, you know, maybe that works. I was yeah. tank privileging my way and just like going and standing in the lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so you don't like have to worry AM, about it. Just yeah. hitting AMS and baiting there. Um, so like maybe maybe there's that. The other main mechanic that got added for Mythic is now there are orbs that chase people around. And you can, these are kind of, in some ways they're like the Painsmith traps, right? Where you needed to stagger breaking them mm -hmm. uh, or it would just like explode the raid. Same deal here. You need to stagger breaking them, except Private Aura. And like, I actually think in this case, unlike Echo of Neltharian, this is actually a fine use of private auras because you have like a minute to deal with three. Okay, so that's not too bad. So it's like very reasonable time frame to do this. By the end of raid testing, we were like not 100% success rate on this, but getting it. My main issue is that if you ever mess it up, it's just instantly one shots the raid. Yeah. And this is the third to last boss. So it's not like... infeasible for that yeah i mean this way i mean it makes sense for a boss at that slate right where you Act have particularly if you have a minute to deal with three things like that seems like yeah. plenty of time to not screw that up it's just like it sucks to just like one person moves in a half second too soon and just like fights over yeah not even yeah. like oh maybe if it happened at the time where there was no other damage going out we could do it right it yeah. actually also has a thing where like it does enough damage at just one stack that um you really can't do it when like the group soak's happening gotcha or people just die to the group soak yeah um yeah. so that was a problem where we had to like you're you don't have the whole minute just to do this you have a whole minute to do it while also playing around the other incoming damage yeah so it's like it's doable the communication like you have time to communicate which i think is important for these kind of of mechanics it actually cancel the dreams the polymorph bomb is also a private aura Mm -hmm. and are supposed to be it's not currently flagged correctly but supposed to be um and so there's time to communicate and i think that is okay yeah um the smolder one has the extra wrinkle that you actually can't see the debuff at all in game gotcha that's annoying yeah but you actually i think there's some secondary information like i think you can see these orbs cast on people in game so you could do the kind of thing that happens where the rushing darkness on Neltharian is a private aura, but because you can see the boss targeting people, 
you can tell who it goes on and do an automatic assignment week aura. That makes sense. Yeah. So that kind of thing, it, it's like fine, I guess, as an individual mechanic. But the real core issue of this fight is that the mechanics don't interact in a way that produces a fun encounter. Yeah. Um, and I think the main thing is just like you think of Sludge Fist, which is like, I think the gold standard for this kind of like race to the end uh, kind of sort of patchwork fight. Mm-hmm. And it just like Sludge Fist, you could just very effectively control the fight. And it's really just about can you control the fight to the degree that is required right. while also doing enough damage and healing to heal the boss. And that's like the encounter, and that was fun. And it put a lot of ability in players' hands to like show how good you could be. Mm-hmm. Right. This one, there's just like the effective randomness of the tornadoes, uh, plus the large degree of randomness in the puddle spawns. Um, just like you can't. It, right. Yeah. It just like the thing that I think is going to happen is that somebody's going to do the geometry and figure out how the tornadoes work. I'm actually not entirely sure if you can with pentagons. I know you can with triangles, which is what the initial version was. Yeah. Pentagons, I'm not sure. Um, it may be too dense, but it's if it ends up being like that, where it's just like ah, if you arrange yourself in this pattern, there's a safe space that you can all run into. Yeah. That's gonna suck. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> That's going to suck. Because that, that, what that then turns into, because so many people get it, is it's going to turn into a map we go Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, which is what we wanted to avoid. So, But we'll, I guess we'll, yeah. we can see. We'll see once they, maybe they change the tornado, maybe spawning pattern, or yeah, if they, maybe they lower how many come out by one, and that gives you enough space to figure it out. So. Yeah. It would actually kind of be nice if it behaved like the beams from Prideful, where it was just like fixed angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't care about your facing. Currently, it cares about your facing, which gives actually two axes of of like two two different ways you can make up. You can position wrong, and then you can face wrong. Gotcha. That's fun. That'll be interesting. Um, so it would actually kind of be nice if it ignored your facing, was just constant, and then at least like it's for one thing, they could actually make it impossible to do some geometry things because you can't control the the facing to the same degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this fight, in some ways, it reminds me of Skarn. It on the surface has nothing in common with Skarn, but just the way that like there's there's this variance that's disruptive to the flow of the fight. Like it doesn't serve the fight in any any effective way. Um it just makes it feel bad. Is just yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it is on live. I would not be surprised to see this fight get pretty significant changes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that I think does it for us. We are a little bit over today. So. Yeah, yeah. I talked a lot about Smoltron. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that is going to wrap it up for today. Uh, so we are going to go ahead and I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do on the Pika Serenity, uh, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to come and learn about what the heck Expel Harm actually does now. Exactly. And uh, and how good it actually is. You know, get some <laughs> reminders of the fact that the spell even exists. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.